Welcome to Media Path. I'm Louise Polanker. And I'm Fritz Coleman. Today's show is a reunion for Fritz and me and our guest. In the early aughts or the late 90s or thereabout, Fritz and I created a show with Henry Winkler called The Couch. We were eventually replaced by other performers at Comedy Central, and then the whole pilot was dropped. But our original vision is preserved for you on YouTube. Why am I telling you this story? Well, just like Rachel Maddow, I will eventually get to my point. Our intern <laughs> our intern was a promising young comic named Eric Schwartz. Eric is now the stuff of legend. His own comedy special delivery is all the rage on YouTube. Eric is here with us today. It is his birthday. And so we got you this emoji. And it, it's you got some, me an emoji? Yeah, it's something really special. It, it's a GIF emoji. Yeah. Aww. So yeah, it it's moves. a GIF. Oh, yeah. like it's a GIF without the T. A GIF. Right, right, right. Oh, it, just, it. it just moves. We picked it out, and you're welcome. Happy birthday, Thank Eric. You. We are coming to you from the studio from which we used to send you yes. out for Armenian deli sandwiches. Today, star turn. Fritz brought Eric a lovely Starbucks sandwich. What? And we're going to put a candle in it. You brought me a sandwich. Yeah, we brought you a sandwich. I do remember the Armenian deli. You brought me a sandwich, oh, ham and cheddar, and I, and on a wheat. That's not as expensive as a Starbucks sandwich because I couldn't afford it. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to somebody who eats pork and and cheese and oh, gluten. I no, I'm just kidding. Do you, no, you know someone who doesn't? <laughs> who, no, like, <laughs> what if I was like, I was like, I don't eat ham, dairy, or gluten, but this it's is a, a great. It's just a representational th- prop. Thank you. I don't care if you throw it out of your car going 90 miles an hour. Do whatever I think you want. This is very nice. Garrett of you. would probably love that sandwich. Would you? And the candle. Oh, he can't, he can't have, have cheese. cheese. <laughs> We're in California. People thank, don't eat here. Thank you for giving me poison, you guys. <laughs> thank you for giving me California poison. No, this is very nice. Thank you. There's a symbolically because that is what I used to do. I used to go get you guys Armenian deli, which was delicious. It is delicious. And I hope it's still around. I should string go get cheese. It, it has, has string, string cheese. cheese in it. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in it was, you, have you ever had it? Did she send you for Armenian deli? She got me. She got it for I you. I did. It's string so good. cheese is like melted stalactites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. You you don't like it? I, I I don't remember liking it. Oh, I love string cheese. It's, but here's the thing. Yeah. You started out as our intern. You had a great attitude. You were always smiling. There's nothing you wouldn't do. Flash forward 20 years. I work with you at Flappers, and I can't follow you. You destroyed the room, and I had to follow your dumbass, and you blew the roof off the place, and I thought, man, I'm very proud of you. You're doing a great uh, job. We'll talk more about it. If you're, if you're not watching the show, Eric is crying. Mm-hmm. I am. You'll be talking with Eric in just a little bit. First, Fritz, what else have you brought to share with the class? You know, we love to update you on our recent triumphs here on occasion because it's a way we can brag about our show while simultaneously letting our listeners know how grateful we are for them. And we at Media Path Podcast are nothing if not efficient. Some of the fun things we had going on recently, including hitting the podcast charts, like on Apple Podcasts, where we reached number 11 in Ireland in the books category last week. And on Good Pods, we just ranked number four in the top 100 indie streaming all-time chart over there. This is this is huge. I have goosebumps even reading this. We also have this new review on Apple Podcasts. Mike Knox Comedy says this. This reminds me of L.A. I grew up with Fritz, so I feel like I know him and not in a creepy way. This podcast brings you all the great people and places who touch our lives in Los Angeles. They also have some cool lunchboxes. See that? And if you're a MediaPath listener, consider also being a MediaPath 
viewer. We have a YouTube presence we're very proud of. You can watch all of our episodes with additional visuals at youtube.com slash at Podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, link, like, comment, and thank you so much for all of our supporters. You're the reason we continue to do this for no money. You just gave people a lot to do. And I do it so seldom, so why not? Okay, all right. So we're we're appreciative if you do even one of those things. Um, should I do a recommendation right now? Yeah. For, okay. So my pick for this week is called A Good Person, and you will find it on MGM and on Prime. Allison is a delightful and gifted young woman with a loving fiancé, a circle of warm, funny friends, and a promising future. Then, in the blink of a cell phone map app, she has killed two people. A Good Person is written and directed by Zach Braff, and it asks us to consider how and if we could recover from such a tragedy. Would you be able to forgive the driver, the traffic conditions, yourself? Allison emerges from her own injuries with an opioid addiction and an inability to look clearly into the horror of her own contribution to the tragedy. Happenstance or fate or screenwriting or a combination thereof bring her into this same recovery meeting as the father of her now ex-fiance and his sister who died in the accident. This man is heroically flailing in his effort to now raise his orphaned granddaughter. Heartbreak and healing ensue. A Good Person stars Frances Pugh as Allison. She is outstanding. And Morgan Freeman, achingly brilliant as Daniel. Molly Shannon, as ever, is a delight as Allison's dysfunctionally well-meaning mother. And I encourage you to ignore the cynical, self-satisfied Rolling Stone pan of this movie, which resents the idea that Zach Braff may have purposely penned a showcase piece for his then-girlfriend, Florence Pugh. Whatever his muse, this film saw me cry. I am so sorry no one ever wrote you a movie, jaded Rolling Stone reviewer, but I have two additional words for you. Morgan Freeman. He plays a man who is dark and flawed and quietly thrashing for a lost harbor. Morgan Freeman is screen magic. Yes, there are cliches and familiar rhythms in any film about tragedy and addiction, but the writing and the performances here are smart and wise and the twists unique. Be tissue ready. Morgan Freeman has a train set. It's a poignant and lovely metaphor. You will cry. And when you are driving, that needs to be your only activity. Keep your eyes on the road. Oh, the feel-good movie of the dark of winter. That's what that feels like. It pretty much is. There's you a know, train set in the movie. Zach Braff is very talented. He did Garden State, which was a great kind of a sleeper movie. I don't know how many people saw it, but he's a very talented person. I always liked him as an actor. The writing was just... It, Scrubs it, was really a wonderful uh, series that was way ahead of its time. Did I mention that Morgan Freeman's in the movie? You did, and yeah. there he is right there. All right, what are you bringing to us? Well, I'm going to talk about my new favorite series okay. on the internet, it's on Apple Plus called Slow Horses. It has nothing to do with horses. It's a British spy thriller about a team of MI5 agents who have screwed up their jobs, botched their careers with personality conflicts, various professional infractions, and they're sent off to a facility called Slough House to rehabilitate. The folks in Slough House are nicknamed Slow Horses. The group still does various assignments for MI5, intriguing espionage work, trying to defend England from sinister forces. What makes this show so compelling is their unkempt leader, Jackson Lamb, played brilliantly by Gary Oldman. Outwardly, Jackson Lamb could easily be mistaken for an unhoused person. He's a chain-smoking, liquor-swilling, unbathed, cynical, 
master operative who is notorious throughout the whole MI5 organization. Instead of carrying a concealed weapon, he carries unconcealed sarcasm and dark humor to deflate and deflect his underlings and his enemies. You can't wait for his next line. He's so funny. He rules the Slough House crew with cutting wit and intimidation. The show also stars Kristen, Stop, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas from The English Patient and a young Brit who's famous in theater circles, Jack Loudon, who's really wonderful in this, and a whole group of lesser-known but wonderful British actors. Slow Horses is in season three and is based on a series of books by Mick Herron called Slough House. This series made me realize that Gary Oldman truly is one of the five best actors on the planet. A lot of covert intelligence intrigue, terrorist threats, foot chases, intricate double crossings, slow horses. Comes with my highest recommendation on Apple+. Plus. You want to put him up against Morgan Freeman right now because <laughs> I will take that fight. Mm-hmm. All right. You have, Eric, Yeah, a recommendation I have for a us. recommendation. And it's just hot. It's just right, <sighs> spicy. It's brand new. Hot. Yeah. Just ripping right out of the crank. Here yeah. we go. Nobody's heard of this. Uh, yeah. I like to watch movies. That, that remind me of the 80s mm-hmm. and Los Angeles. I just, I don't know why I like that. Um, and I found this little indie movie called Beverly Hills Cop. Hmm. Starring. Yeah, right. So there's a cop and he's yeah. in Beverly Hills. Well, not at first. Okay. He's, his name is Axel Foley. Axel Foley. And he's played by this this unknown, um, he's really talented. Eddie Murphy. He's a wiseacre. Yes, yeah. and and he's from Detroit. Uh, he winds up in 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 Beverly Hills. He has mm-hmm. a culture shock. Mm-hmm. He winds up in Beverly Hills, and uh, to solve a, a a crime, his friend was murdered, and he goes to Beverly Hills because there was a connection there, and he just infiltrates the whole system out there. The the police station over there the police department says don't get involved he gets thrown out of a window and then he says hey i'm going to jail okay um he's so charming and he uses his charm to get out of any situation are you just narrating the trailer right i didn't prepare (laughs) (laughs) so i'm looking at the pictures and then he goes to a guy he goes roxanne (laughs) with it with an ipad ipod in his ears right 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 that's hysterical See, this is his, he's gonna do an okay sig- symbol sometime. Uh, oh, you mean his, like buckwheat? He t- yeah, he takes um, he ta- in the strip club he does the uh, okay sign, but he throws a guy against the table. Sure. Um, and then he gets arrested again. It's all going on. Yeah, they, they can't keep him down because yeah, no. he's so charming, and he uh, ends up the, in front of the chief of police. The chief of police says, "What are you doing here?" And he goes, "Hey, I put a banana in your tailpipe." Uh-oh. Uh, this is the villain. Full of surprises. Yeah, the villain says, Uh-oh. I will break you. Mm. And I think that was Rocky IV. So I'm it's before the internet because they yeah. have a file drawer. Yeah. Um, and he ends up beating this guy. And do you see the little zit in the middle of the uh, the villain's head? He ends up shooting him right in that zit. It's wow. pretty cool. So he d- knocks two birds with one stone. He kills him, and he pops the zit sure. at the same time. Zit control yeah. has never been that dangerous. Um, okay. I have to say, it... The reason I wanted to bring it up is because I hadn't watched it in a long time. I forgot all about it. And it holds up. And guess what else? What? There's a new Axel Foley movie coming out this summer. So I thought like you were training your Mm -hmm. brain to remember so that you could put all the pieces together and be like, oh, this guy, yeah. I wanted to- Forget Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Forget um, his stand-up, which is brilliant. Mm -hmm. This is the movie when I said to myself, Eddie Murphy ain't no joke. That was a very entertaining He's movie. He's so good. Like, you watch it now, the acting is stellar. The mm-hmm. action is crazy. Mm-hmm. The action is like today's standards. 
you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it was, they, they had less technology. A lot of that's real. A guy you know? actually went through a play class window, yeah. most likely. Right. Right? And it's still nursing a shoulder injury. Probably. You know? So I'm going to do a proper intro mm -hmm. to you, Ricky. Okay. I call Eric Ricky. It's my it's my nickname for him. So, Eric, <laughs> um, you know, I was ready to write yeah. you a nice intro. Uh, oh. So I Googled you to prepare. And there's a lot about you here on Does the that internet. change everything? There are a lot of nice photos of you okay. and other people named Eric Schwartz. Oh, I know. Yeah. And yeah. here's what Wikipedia says about you. Maybe you can fact check this for okay, us. Okay. okay. So Eric Scott Schwartz, also known as Smooth E, mm -hmm. is an American comedian, musician, and actor from Thousand Oaks, True. California, known for his energetic blend of stand-up comedy, music, and video. Eric's viral videos and parodies have earned him international media attention, and he has been featured on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, mm -hmm. Showtime, yeah. BET, TMZ, and the Huffington Post. So, Eric, yeah, that's did true. you write your own Wikipedia entry? Uh, it sounds like my bio. Okay. I th you can you can edit your own. I think somebody wrote it, and then I edited some things in there that weren't that weren't right. My next question is: yeah. How did you wind up on TMZ? Were you dating Lindsay Lohan? Uh, in a way, mm -hmm. just through videos. Yeah. Right. So back in the day, I would do a lot of like um, celebrity videos, uh, music videos, and like you know. Uh, one of them was, a, I'm sure a couple of them were about Lindsay Lohan. And at that time, you know, TMZ would pick them up sometimes. Wow. And they would play them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Let me talk about some of your funny videos. And just the, the title of some of these is amazing. <laughs> Lean Like a Gringo. Oh, my God. That's Hanukkah old. Bird. Yeah. These are the old ones. Quarter Step Mexican. And okay. I want to come, I'm going to asterisk that one. I'm going to come yeah. back to that. Nerd Love. Okay. Taylor Swift, which is probably blowing up right now. Baldy locks. Okay, that's old one. Yeah. Wimp pimp. Yeah. <laughs> and lactose intolerant. That's quite Let's a talk Spotify about it. Quarter playlist. Step Mexican is probably what you got sent back from Ancestry.com when you sent in there yes. to find out what your background was. Talk about being a quarter step Mexican. That means that my stepdad is Mexican mm -hmm. because uh, I grew up in a household that was of divorced parents and they remarried. And at first it really broke my heart, but as I've become an adult, that's become the best thing because I had a multicultural upbringing, and now uh, my stepfather's Mexican. I was raised with, um, you know, Jewish and some Mexican culture, so I feel like I was a more well-rounded person. And my is girlfriend's Filipina. Filipina. Yeah, so you you're know. like the Kamala Harris of this panel. Am you're I checking every box? Okay, sure. I'm a uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so congratulations yeah. on that. Now <laughs> your you. your special is is called delivery. <laughs> And it is, uh, it's high concept, I would yes. say. You die on stage. Yes. You talk to God, who looks exactly like you. Am I giving yeah. away too much? Spoiler, no. Spoiler alert. And then you must earn your way back to life. Yes. Like Jimmy Stewart. And you do have to do that through audience applause. So everyone's involved. Everyone's vested right. in the outcome. Did I get this correct? The, the, first, the first five minutes is an opening musical number where... I, I'm born. That's why this title is Delivery. Yeah, we even hear the sex part. Yes, it, you, you hear everything. Yeah. You get to see me being born. Uh, I'm born, and, I'm, and I die, and I come back to life within five minutes. Um, I do talk to God, and the reason he looks like me is because I believe that God is whatever you feel it is. And you played all the parts. Yeah, I played all the parts, too. Right. I mean, who, who else would I trust with that role? 
I, I don't know who you would cast as you. I this is a great show in a big space. What theater? Did you yeah, where, it's where called Avalon. It's in oh, Hollywood. No, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. A, that's a, a so there a it is. He theater. dies. It, you, you envisioned, you know, sort of what the afterlife would be, and then mm-hmm. you recognize you still have work to do here on Earth. That's just right. Just to make people laugh and to bring people together through cultura. Cultura. Right. Cultura. Right. Yes, that's the culture. That's the the word for. Culture in Spanish, and sometimes I have to clarify that to people. They go, "What is what is cultura?" And I say, "It's uh, one letter off of culture." Yeah. So it's just and an, they, you could tell they needed it if they, they didn't need it. figure that out. It's just an additional yeah. syllable, right. Which some of Spanish is. Right. Uh, so you have so many gifts that you when you first met me, you said, "I love radio and I love comedy and yes. I'd love to work with you." But in addition to that moment at the age of twenty, knowing that if I put two things I love together, there's strength there and power for my future right you also put together in your in your stand-up career you put together music you put together dance you put together all the things that you're you, you've probably always known you had gifts in these areas and you blend them all of your writing all of your production all your te- your your skill with technology yeah. you're just constantly pulling it all together in into a giant ball of fun and joy i want to recognize you for for phrasing the question that way of like music and comedy or radio and comedy and you know you you brought it full circle so shout out to Wheezy that's who I learned well, you're, from you're 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 the perfect performer for right now you're you, that, you wow it's a multi venue oh thing it's technology <laughs> it's pop culture thank you it's music and you're different you're mm. and in order to carve yourself out of the pack because I looked this up this morning on Google there are 1.7 million comedians in America now. And in order for you to carve yourself out of the pack, you have to be able to attract attention to yourself and be mm. different. And that's what makes your act so interesting. Thanks. Yeah, I've always wanted to, I read early on, I read a Shakespeare quote about comedy, and it said something like, comedy is incongruence, something like that. And I go, oh, something that doesn't fit. And so even with the form of comedy, I've always felt like, well, how can I not fit in to that form? And oh. You know what I mean? It's a twist on a twist. Right. Like, you don't have to, you don't, ha- I, a lot of people think you do have to, they would say that, they would argue that you do have to uh, walk within certain lines of, of comedy of, you know, comedy is only written jokes, uh, standing on a stage with the spotlight. But for me, I wouldn't be true to myself if I didn't use music and multimedia and all this other stuff, because that's always who I've been. Like the guy who tries too hard, <laughs> you know. No, you're, I mean, I, you're I, an overachiever. I, I look at all these things that are available to us, and I'm like, why wouldn't we use them, right? Right. We're but not. You were, you were making really uh, high concept music videos even a long while back when YouTube was kind of new. You mm. didn't just write parody songs like a la Weird Al. You actually created. I mean, he did too. He put huge music videos together that were I- yeah. iconic. Oh my god! But like, were you inspired by him, or did you just think like, "Hey, I can, you know, I can do this," and I, I have a great friends who know how to edit. But it was like at the very dawn of us produce, producing our own content. Yeah, definitely Weird Al, huge inspiration. Um, it, the way he would, he was so committed to the character and so exact with his videos. You, you look at the. I mean, just just the song is sounds exactly like it, but you look at the videos; every detail is like in there. And yes, um, I feel like I was early in a way to certain parts of of um, like what's going on now with um, with viral videos. Uh, I was when MySpace came around. I 
I was the number one comedian on MySpace, and that makes people laugh now. Uh, but at the time, 2007, 2008, that was what TikTok is now. And so I was one of the few comedians that was making videos, and so they were they were featuring me on the front page, and that like was filling up my shows. And uh, so when MySpace went away, that was uh, I lost I lost audience because I couldn't reach them anymore. Okay, you guys, if you were on MySpace and you wonder, like you're still yeah. scrolling MySpace still and going like, where there, is Eric? Yeah, he's on TikTok and YouTube. Yeah. And if they if they are on on MySpace, I'm not sure. They're gonna come out to a show. Huh. <laughs> well, here's the thing I'm about it. We, sure. we talked about this last week. <laughs> you know, there are influencers and right. people who are huge on TikTok <laughs> and elsewhere that can fill a room, but they right. have no show. I mean, I talked to Bob Fisher, who owned the uh, Ice House, and he said we had some influencer, and the, the, the second he announced he was doing a show, mm. he sold the place out. Right. And then he came out and he had no show. He just talked, and 20 minutes later, he left the stage. But you have a show to draw them to, which is a different thing. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, and I'm learning that how they, I look at influencers and they influence me too to, I figure out how they're, how, what are they doing to, you know, maintain that relationship with their audience that when they. But you're doing the long form stuff. They're doing mm, 15 right. seconds. But I will say that is happening less. And. For those people, what I what I always suggest is like, if you're an influencer and you are want to do live shows, like bring other comedians that have the goods, that are just like your favorite comedians that are maybe lesser known. Like, how awesome would that be? You you host the show, yeah. So you do you a don't, show. The burden is not on you to to deliver an amazing show yet, and you deliver an amazing show by bringing amazing comedians with you. And I always say like. You know, if you're one of those kind of performers, but for for me, like, I always have been like, I want the show is the main thing for me. Like, the show has always been the main thing for me, and all these other things, social media. That's just honestly, it's just ways to get people to come to the show. Yeah, that's, and you know, and that's like purposeful because a lot of people are all over the place just looking for attention. Right. But if you're all of all of the places that you are, if they're all sort of pointing to one thing, yeah. you know, it's easier for you to have like a mission a mission statement of like, well, here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to pull people to come out to see shows because that's how folks make money nowadays. Yeah, and I'm just learn. I'm learning so much right now that um, you know about about what kind of videos to post and how to really maintain on social media. It, it's the pace that you have to go now <laughs> compared to back then is crazy. I've been releasing every single day. Wow. Really? Every day. Yeah. And you want people to just know that, hey, you're going to have a great time. You're going to make a memory. You're going to mm -hmm. meet folks because we throw a party. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, you're, she's right. Your energy on stage is very engaging. Hmm. And the person that I compare you to in that way is Arsenio Hall. Oh, my God. I mean, oh my God. what I mean is He's, I think that's a great 50 or 60 percent of his act is his charm and his energy when he comes out. And it's almost like his material is secondary to this vibe that he creates on stage. He we saw him on that award show. The what was it? Um, not Golden Globes. It was um, Emmy Awards. The Emmys. Was it where they? Yeah. Where they did the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, look, my girlfriend and I were watching. And Huge we were, smile and oh nothing my, but energy. He's, he doesn't have to say anything. You love him. Mm -hmm. Just right. You're like, man, I wish this guy was still on TV. A thousand percent. Yeah. Maybe he's on TikTok. We should, yeah. We should look. <laughs> well, he did, most recently did um, an iteration of his show on Netflix. 
Oh, cool. I think they were live when we were doing the Netflix. Yeah, the thing, he did it in Sacramento or something because Jimmy Burns, a friend of mine, opened for him for those shows. He did like two or three and took the best. You're also really good in the moment. When stuff happens, you react to it and respond to it very, very fluidly. And uh, at your special, which I know you pour your heart and your life into, (laughs) chairs started deconstructing. Breaking. Mm -hmm. Yes. Chairs breaking in the middle of the show. So, so describe the moment and whether oh. or not you feared for everyone's life. This is the, one of those moments where you can plan for everything, but you always have to let it go because something's bound to happen. This is the moment on, on the screen where I'm in the middle of something and somebody's chair breaks. And I go in my mind, I go, do not make a weight joke. Do not like in my exactly. mind. Like, were they standing nobody, on the chair or sitting no. on the chair? Nobody leaves the house to have their feelings hurt. Right. I am in my mind. I'm going. Do not make a weight joke because, <laughs> like, I know I have to make something of it. Yeah. But I can't go there, and so I just said, "Wow, I'm really funny." That's how funny. That, that's how I. That's how funny I am tonight. I'm <laughs> yeah. knocking people out of their damn chairs, and so. That was perfect. And, a, and then another one broke. And then another one broke. <laughs> three of them broke. It was almost like God was intervening, giving me a rule of threes, <laughs> of three chairs breaking. And I was panicking a little bit, but I was. it was one of those moments where you were like, you better channel this. You spent all your money on this. You better, you don't let this ruin everything you've worked for for like two years. Do not let this. And so- No, you harnessed it. The, the crowd was on my side. And then we left it in because everybody that went to that show, we did two showings, everyone that went to that show, are you going to leave that chairs thing in? That was the best. That was the best. (laughs) And so we left it in. We actually cut it down. Um, But the reason they broke is we rented the chairs. I figured. uh, They didn't have chairs in the venue. So they said, you got to rent chairs. So we got like wedding chairs, you know, like fold up Mm -hmm. wedding chairs. And it really kind of is... I I mean, in a way, it was because I'm that funny because this this was the second show, and so everyone in the first show had loosened them up. Uh huh. And so the second show, and the second show was drunk. And most so wedding second, speeches are not this hilarious. Right. Nobody's moving around that much when you're <laughs> you're laughing. Yes. And so yeah, three of them broke like right in a row. Dang. Like, and then it went on. It was almost like a bit was was put in front of me, and those things happen like. The more you do it, like when I when I started comedy, trying to do something with the crowd, I'm sure Fritz. And I don't do crowd work. You don't all, do any unless crowd I, work. unless I'm forced into it. Right. If I'm in a defense posture mm-hmm. and I get my my uh, fight or flight up, then I can be snarky and stuff. But I don't yeah. mess with the crowd. If something happens in the room, mm-hmm. you have to. Address yeah, you have to. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So uh, now I'm so comfortable with it that because I don't care if it works or not, doesn't. Mm-mm. The 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 expectation th- of it. Being funny, who cares? Any like, and just if go you can make material. yourself a victim, it's even funnier. Sure. The bad thing, the room turns on you if you're so snarky and you overpower the guy in the audience and they don't like it. Right. Unless they already don't like the person who's <laughs> right. who's. Maybe you're doing out. them a favor, but yeah. right. Now, yeah, my yeah. my other pa- favorite part of the special is that you you call yourself a font savant. Yes. So oh. when did your um, passion for fonts? <laughs> yeah originate well in this do-it-yourself world i've had you know when you when you set out to learn comedy nobody ever goes you know what you should do learn photoshop (laughs) (laughs) but because i wanted to make flyers and i wanted to like do stuff to promote my comedy i had to learn this stuff and 
I noticed myself walking down the street and going, I know that font. That's the font I just used. That's that's Myriad Pro. That's my font. <laughs> and then I go, I know, how am I recognizing fonts? And then I just thought font savant. Um, and now I, I, I do a whole thing about Comic Sans. Yeah. And what's crazy is that's that video, that bit more than any of them at this point. <coughs> bless you. By the way, Fritz, you got you have you're getting over a cough. You can't so. give no, Eric have, a have. cold on his birthday. No, he's it's not. Okay. He's this is not contagious. It's bronchial irritation. Yes, I'm taking four medications right now, oh, and right man. now you look like a very attractive woman. Really? So, now, oh, because of the so, medication. Now, but but I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you. I don't want you to think that. Um, like you got my secret. No. no. Oh, okay. Oh my God, Fritz Coleman is hitting on you. This is awesome. This is the best day ever. Well, Fritz, mm-hmm. the reason I like fonts. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 you know, they do occasional cutaways to the audience, uh-huh. and I figure, you know. You you mentioned you're you, you're a quarter Mexican, you're Jewish, step Mexican. Yeah, you have you have a Filipino girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You're appealing to a whole broad multicultural situation, and I looked in the audience, and that's who your audience was. So you have a vast appeal, don't you? Who, who would you say your greatest uh, audience is? Well, you, thank you. It, it's really like the material that you do kind of brings in those the the audience. So. Because I did material about my stepfather being Mexican, I've gained a lot of Latino fans. I would say that's number one if I'm gonna rank how like by numbers the people that that come out would be Latinos, Mexicans specific, specifically because yeah, I talk you about do that. that. Whole thing about yeah, cultura and it's cultura, funny yeah. and you have the accent and that low rider bit is beyond funny. <laughs> one of my favorite jokes that you do is because you do speak Spanish very well and you used to do something about like you would make fun of the car commercials in Spanish. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, they, well, they would say, um, what like at the end of a car commercial that you hear in English, they always say, say habla espanol. And I go, who's that for? If you don't speak English, you can't understand the whole first part of the commercial. Right. You just hear, <laughs> say habla espanol. But... Um, I might have to bring that back for a different for another. And then special. you do the whole coaches, 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 and then <laughs> yeah. at the end we speak English. <laughs> yeah, like I reverse it, right? Yeah. Um, and by the way, like how great of a birthday is this that I just get to come and listen to praise from my mentors? You <laughs> this are is so like the best. fortunate. It's like we have more than praise. Okay, okay, in your act, in this act that's in the new YouTube special, you. People, you say people approach you and say, "Did you ever have hair?" Which mm. I guess is a reasonable By question, way, since yeah, some people, give them a visual on, on yeah, YouTube. some people yeah. just don't have hair and never had hair. Yeah, and then you do this whole big bit where it shows you at different ages without ever having hair. Uh-huh. But I would beg to differ because we have <laughs> photographic have evidence that you did have hair. Yeah, Jordan, you have it. Here we go. So that's that's the couch at the couch. Yeah, and I'm, then and you probably took that picture. We're on we're on the NBC. That was a pilot for uh, Comedy Central. It yeah, there's Paul, that's Paul Block, uh, Fritz Coleman, me, uh, Iceman, Rob Iceman, Eisenberg, and James Taylor. And then if you would go to the next photo, this Eric probably took this photo. There's Eric there's with, me. with hair. With my frosted tips. Yep, frosted. <laughs> you were so 90s. You were it, dude. And Iceman, and we have James, and then there's one more where you can see the beginning of what may be a oh, you know, situation unfolding in the follicle area. Bald spot. Of, uh, of young Eric, who was probably 22, and you, you just kind of embraced it. You were like, 
And to me, it always seemed like the, when this trend started where, you know, you start to lose your hair and you just shave it all off like, you know, hey, you know, screw you hair. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need any of you. Right. But it's a little like losing half your money and then going, you know what? I'm just going to throw away the rest of it. So what is it and what is it mm-hmm. more of an ownership of like, yes, this is how I look and I'm good with it? Or is it that you just think that hair around the outside of your head that would keep your ears cozy is just an old look. I think it's a power look. I think it looks great on stage. Absolutely. The the the, the yeah. cul-de-sac. Jeff Bezos should be bald because he's one of the richest bastards in the country. Right. Yeah, so he doesn't I, need I, hair. He has money. No. Oh, you think shaving your head is a power shaving your look. head's a no? It's, I think it's a power look. So you okay? So you're not not the cul-de-sac, be, meaning like this hair no, on the sides. No. Okay. But do you so ever debate? Do you debate whether behind. you should have just a little bit right. of look how Eric's doing the cue cards right there? You, this is an action shot. But do you ever, when like when you first realize, like, oh, I'm going to be one of these guys that loses his hair in his 20s, like, what is, what's the whole thought process? Because I think nature is cruel. And yeah. It sounds to me like she's thought more about your baldness than you have. No, well, I don't, I doubt it. I think guys that lose their hair in their 20s give it a lot of thought. It's the perception, right? Yeah. So, yeah, at first, when any guy loses their hair, this is, the, this is what I thought. I go, well, that's not me. That's, I have hair. Mm-hmm. It's my identity. Right. But what I've realized is it's not. Like, okay. I don't have wow. a lack of hair. I have a surplus of face. No, hair's a crutch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hair's a crutch. We, we, my face said I'm too handsome. I'm too handsome. I can't be esconded by hair, you know? <laughs> but, this is, but this is the thing. Our society, like what you're saying, that losing your hair is a bad thing. Is it? Is it bad to not... Why is it bad? Like, why? why is... Why is making fun of bald people or, or saying, why is that accepted even? Like, it's technically body shaming, right? Of Te- course. Technically, No, it it's not even technically. It is. It is. It really is. And why do we think that's okay? Yeah, yeah. It's like people, that's what, that was my, I don't know if I used that line in, in the show, but I have since, since has I- Has anybody come up to you and say, hey, asshead, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I think that, that fr- you know, Fritz, <laughs> Fritz. <laughs> I think you've said that before. The, but he's with the, the oddball. Vitriol. By the time, by the time <laughs> you're a young man it. of 65, most men. Oh, way back then. He's got. I mean, most men have lost a lot of their hair. Like he, yeah. he's the odd one, right? It you. So you embrace this at a younger age, so that yeah. now it's like life is good. You're not like looking in the shower drain and freaking out because most men will lose some of their hair along the way. What I would say to bald guys, and what I actually want to change culturally, is that like losing your hair is not bad. Like. 70. I really like the look, but it's too old for me. If I was bald, I would scare the shit out of young people. <laughs> but what really? would you do, Fritz? Okay, I'm asking you right now. If you found out, okay, would would you be... If I had alopecia yeah. and Chris Rock was making fun of me on stage, well, you, how would I react? If you woke up tomorrow morning and you had male pattern baldness the way most men have mm-hmm. but by the time they are a young man of your age, mm-hmm. would you do like... And you give the choices, which are the transplant... Drugs, rugs, or plugs. <laughs> <laughs> what would you go for? No, I'd shave my head. I mean, if if I was forced into a situation where, or hats, you'd say, "Screw you, hair! I don't need any of you." No. You would, you would, you would just go bald because I have giant ears and I have an angular face, and I would look like the bad guy in a Christopher Nolan movie. Ooh, mm. that'd be intimidating. Yeah, like, that'd be good. Well, well, also the good guys because I just saw um, Oppenheimer. Oh. C- C- Cillian. Murphy has a very yeah. angular face. Yeah. Okay, wait. So back to the topic of 
um, drugs, drugs, or, or plugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this is the thing. 70% of guys, I found this out, 70% of guys lose some hair within yeah. their lifetime. Have you, has your hair thinned out at all? Yes, my hair is thin and got white. My father had white hair when he was 30, but a mm-hmm. full head of hair. This is the single only good gene I got from my father was my hair. So if 70% of men lose some hair, mm-hmm. it's natural. Like, mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. That's the point I'm making over mm-hmm. here. I think it's second puberty. <laughs> That's, I call it second reverse puberty. puberty. Yeah. Because it's it's, it, I'm asking these questions because of all the things that women have to worry about, like getting raped mm-hmm. and, you know, and being pregnant in Texas. Um, we don't generally, most of us don't worry about that. And so mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, Eric, you worry about being pregnant in Texas. Right? I do. Yeah, <laughs> I, heard I, you I really say. do. I really, and I'm going there in March, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Okay, so. I would say, you know, protection, yeah. protection. Yeah, you're probably huge in Texas because of the Latino stuff. Texas is one of my, besides California, I would say my number two state. Yeah. Uh, what markets? Dallas. Uh, all the big cities. All the yeah. Um, Dallas, San Antonio is probably number one. Houston, um, Corpus Christi, uh, Austin as well. Um, and you know, there's all there's there's also like all these other cities you never think about, like um, El Paso. Uh, El Paso is a El good one. El Paso City by the Rio Grande. Did you know that's a song about reinc- reincarnation? <clears throat> Marty Robbins is flying over El Paso, and go. he's I'm imagining sorry, that he really was sorry. actually the guy in the first El Paso song. That that actually was him in a former life. Okay, I don't, I don't know who these people are, but oh, Marty Robbins, yeah, the best no, voice ever in America old. or ever like anywhere. Nineteen fifties, yeah, yeah, Marty Robbins, El, uh, El Paso Google. City, yeah, Marty Robbins, down in the West Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love with a Mexican. Yeah, I heard that one. Yes, that's it. I've heard that one, lady. See, that's yeah. you've been on a very long media path. This is a media. This is what yeah. I mean about media path. Is like you start <laughs> yeah. talk. There's Marty. Isn't he handsome? You start talking. Jordan, Jordan, that was really, really rapid. Uh, You start talking about one thing, and then all roads lead to Marty Robbins, I find. On the media path. Yeah. Uh, Is it short for like, um, you're almost like, what's the the word for like somebody who's um, psychic? Is like uh, an empath? Empath. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. But Marty Robbins had a full head of hair and died way too young of a heart attack. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the beginning of your career. Okay. Where, where did you start? I started... Open mics? I started actually in college. So, you know, I've, I've always been like a self-starter. I was I, I, <laughs> I invested my money, my bar mitzvah money into DJ equipment because I wanted to be a DJ. And so like I had that, like I knew how to put sound together and all that stuff. And like <clears throat> I was in college and I started putting on shows in the dorms. Um, I would have people sign up to perform like open mic type of stuff it was we called it a coffee house and everyone could perform their talent and i hosted it so that's kind of how i started performing comedy. let me tell you something yeah i heard you do auto-tune yeah before uh-huh. auto-tune was auto-tune before no. i even before i'd ever heard it on a record oh, you heard it okay I, I heard it in your club act and i just thought that was the coolest thing ever and then i found out that's a thing people are using that in records oh yeah and i'm not the first to do it no i'm i'm actually doing uh, a tribute to one of my favorite artists, T Pain. So mm-hmm. T Pain, who he didn't invent auto tune, but he popularized it. Um, and really, the first really popular use of auto tune, which it wasn't even called auto tune at that time, it was called Melodyne, was um, Cher. 
Do you believe in life after love? And then T-Pain in like the aughts, do they call it? The aughts? I just started calling it that today. So it's going to be a thing. Yeah. Does that mean double O's? Yeah, the two O's. The double O's. Mm-hmm. He started uh, He started becoming really well known for it, and then it just spread into all kinds of music, and now everybody uses There's it. There's a documentary on Netflix. With yeah. Him. I'm in it. Yeah. You I'm are? Yeah, five he's seconds. in it. Yep. It's my five-second Netflix special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Did you make that a TikTok? Uh, yes. Yeah. The very beginning, I'm in there, and I go... I, I do. It's from my first comedy special where I go, I go, ah, shorty. I do like T Pain, and then they go, I go, it sounds exactly like T Pain, right? And the crowd goes, yeah. And now you know, without it, he sounds exactly like me, <laughs> <laughs> which is not true. I mean, it's really not true because he is so talented. He won the first season of The Masked Singer. He's a very talented singer, but he uses auto tune. What I don't think people understand, they they for many many years they would say he can't sing. He needs auto tune to sing. You, they confuse auto tune for like lack of talent, but he just uses that as an effect, like well, a that's, reverb. That's auto tune turned up to eleven. It's not mm-hmm. how auto tune is usually used. Right. It usually just gets you on the note. But right. when they tr- they figured out that when they turn it all the way up, it gives this flangey cool sound. Yeah. And so that's what they're doing. They're not actually auto tuning. They're just making a sound effect with their voice. Exactly. If he couldn't sing. He wouldn't make it so obvious. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's a good way of saying, it. right? Yeah, like yeah, why yeah. would he be like, "I'm using auto tune"? There's so many people that use that kind of technology, like auto tune, to not let you hear it. The you yeah, know. to keep it subtle. Right. Right. So when did you transition out of college cafeterias to mm-hmm. clubs? Uh, I entered a contest toward the end of college that was in the Valley here in L.A. called. Funniest person in the valley. Do you remember that at the LA Cabaret? I yes. have probably entered that contest and been probably out in the first or two round, one or two round. Actually, me and uh, Garrett's mother, Lisa, used to go there. Yes. She was so magically, instantly gifted because she's a theater kid. Yes. So she was so good immediately on stage. It was like unbelievable. But here's the problem. Mm -hmm. She was terrified. Mm -hmm. It was like if you had said to me, hey, today, you know, um, we're going to have some lunch. Then we're going to go for a drive. And then you're going to jump out of a plane. That was how (laughs) she felt. So I was like, then this isn't for you. You're not supposed to feel that. It's not supposed to do that to your body. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a performer, but maybe not standing alone on a stage performer. But we would go to that club. And we would enter that contest, and she would, she was way better than me. But she just, you know, her disposition was such that, like, uh, you know. Well, I worked there before it was even the L.A. Cabaret. It was the Laugh Stop. Oh, wow. There was a series of five or six clubs. They had one here and one in Newport Beach, and they were great rooms. They were so successful, they were doing three shows a night. Wow. And then when that corporation slowed down, Ray, what's his name, bought it and made it the L.A. Cabaret. Ray Booker. But you may have been in the contest with Lisa because she'd always get to the next round. Well, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up Yeah, because this is how I met you. Okay. Yeah. Lisa Arch was there one night. Your mom was there one night. Uh, She was friends with my friend Dan Smith. (gasps) Yeah. They were good friends. Still are probably, yeah. We all went out for like a late night, maybe at Denny's or something across the street. Mm Mm-hmm. And we started talking. I ta- started talking about her. She goes, yeah, I do these radio voices. And I go, you do? You do comedy on the radio? I didn't even know that existed. That's what I want to do. I love comedy and I love radio. And she goes, you got to talk to Louise Palenker. She's at the Laugh Factory every Tuesday hosting the open mic. Um, was it open mic? 
Well, I no. wouldn't host the open mic. I would host the whole rest the, of the night. Right. Yeah. After the open mic. Yeah, the showcasers and then yeah. the headliners. So it would be big people like Tim Allen or Mario Joyner. It, it would be all kinds of people that I had to be nervous around. But mm-hmm. it would start out slowly and then and then build. And then at one in the morning, Damon Wayans would walk in and then he'd still be there at three in the morning mm-hmm. watching the audience walk out because he thought that was cool. Yeah. And so uh, I I went to find you i just went there i just thought you were kind of like naturally there and that you were a comic and that you had open mic or showcased or something i didn't even know i was being stalked i'm so honored yes yeah because who does comedy on the radio like that that didn't even exist you know like so i i I think rick d's thought he did but you know maybe not no but like who has a (laughs) who has aside from a radio station getting on a a morning show right in a major market like la how are you going to do that so I went bigger and I went national with uh, Premiere. So let's right? explain what Premiere Radio Premier did. Radio, yeah. What we did was we were we were radio syndication and we would supply morning shows all over the country with comedy materials that their disc jockey could use because that guy's doing a four-hour uh, show mm-hmm. every morning, waking up in the middle of the night to do it. So we would just supplement that that guy who's already a funny guy, but with jokes we would fax them this is before the internet we would fax timely jokes overnight and then we'd give them a reel that they they got comedy materials that they could play throughout their show and we would and and garrett's mom lisa arch and me and a bunch of really funny people would create those comedy parody songs parody commercials funny characters that would call in and talk to the disc jockey and then there'd be a script so the disc jockey could play his part and uh, we just had a blast doing that like think about what you did like this is amazing that you did that because now that's all like TikTok and right. or just the internet. Right. You guys basically were making a mini version of the internet that radio people it was so targeted. Like I if I was were doing radio now, I would wanna use that because you filtered through all the you don't have to like go search for it now. It was a great business yeah. model because morning DJs and small and medium market country companies yeah, small and medium market cities couldn't afford writers, and so right. they're supplying them writers at a very reasonable cost and making right. them look brilliant. So if yeah. you listened, if you heard Bernie <clears throat> Shelley and his secretary Seal, that's Ronnie. She- if you heard that in Boston or wherever you live, that came from Premier. That was Ronnie Shell. If you heard Carl the engineer barging in on the disc jockey, knocking over his cart rack, that was Jeff Altman as Carl and a lot of different characters and people. Adam Carolla did um, yeah. Mr. Bertram. That's right. Um, okay, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy. was on there. Yep. Um, Edda May. Oh. Remember Edda May? Yeah. Which who became a huge stand-up. Yep. Um, wasn't there another, was Larry the Cable Guy with you guys or he did his independent? I don't think so. We had, you know, we had Brad Sanders who did uh, your your update of All My Children. Okay. That he would he would update like the plot line on all my children, okay, <laughs> which was hilarious. So he would call it in like from a phone booth, like it was top secret, you know. And that was Brad Sanders. And but think of also what you touched off. You started as a small, just comedy based thing, right? And then didn't you grow into like creating shows? Right, we created a lot of shows, and then we started acquiring shows, and that's when radio started getting kind of right wing. We acquired Rush Limbaugh, and. Dr. Laura and some some personalities that were interesting to at that time it work wasn't with. as it wasn't as polarized it, yeah, yeah it wasn't at it was time. starting to get that way though yeah. we had Jim Rome, Jim Rome who created yeah. a way for dudes to talk to each other it was like this 
intelligent yeah. douchey voice. Yeah. Like you had to. What is up? <laughs> you had to be really intelligent, but you also had to talk like a bro. And if you called him up and you didn't have it down, he'd just hang up on you. Gone. <laughs> and it was about. San loser abysmal. <laughs> But I love Jim. He, Jim's great. Dr. Laura was great. We let, you know, I worked, with, I didn't have to work with Rush Limbaugh. He was in a different city. So I didn't have to pretend I liked him. But Rack him. That was my Jim Rock. <laughs> but yeah, that was premiere. And now everyone who's listening to audio entertainment is no longer listening to the same radio stations. They're yeah. all kind of like, they're listening to podcasts and kind of curating their own list of what they like. Yeah. And, and so we couldn't do premiere today. It was that wave was coming into shore and we were on it. Right. And I was in the right place at the right time, but that could not be recreated today. They still do it. Did you know that? There's I mean, I know Eric Caver is still over there and Matt Sigmund's still over there. I know some of my buddies are still yeah. over there, but I'm not sure exactly what they do. Maybe iHeartMedia and podcasting. I got a Christmas card from Matt Bett. You remember Matt Bett? Yeah, yeah. Matt Bett is still, is. it's him and a guy named Forrest. Um, oh, shoot, what's his last name? Forrest Nelson. They both do the comedy department. They still do comedy. Really? Yeah, and they said it's really small. It's just them. Well, there's a few people with a radio in their car, and they yeah. get they get in their car, and they turn it on and listen to whatever's on. You yeah. know, most people are listening to what they would like to hear, and that's right. where we've evolved. And that's what's been so fascinating about all aspects of entertainment, whether you're streaming a show that you like. Mm -hmm. You know, we're no longer just seeing what's on, what's on, and then taking the least— the, objectionable content we're going oh uh, you know if you like this show you may also like this show and like yeah you're right internet i might and just for anyone watching or listening who might go watch my special the musical stuff in there i learned because of louise and premiere i learned how to record music eric caver let me use the studio and showed me how to use the equipment and like so this is definitely an evolution for this is my media path so yeah. how, how, how I have I that. influenced yeah. your act? Okay. Oh, in every so way Fritz, possible. I knew of Fritz from growing up. I mean, in, spiritually, mostly, right? Right. Spiritually. In L.A., of course, you're you're the the L.A. weather guy. I've never seen marketing like they put behind you and and Fred Rogan, but more you because you had a whole song and everything, right? Yeah, I had a bunch of. Fritz things. said it would be like this. Was that a song? It used to be a big deal. It was Let's do a huge. remix the, of that in the last century. <laughs> we should do a remix. Do you have any mentors? Did anybody mentor you and say, "You"? No, no, no. I <laughs> no, mean, I'm serious. It took you aside and said, "This is what you need to do," and 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 pulled you forward in the clubs and sort of helped you find a doorway into the business. Well, the, you know what? I think most mentors don't know their mentors. A lot of times. Because I, this is what I told I was um, I used to tour with Joe Coy for a short time for about nine months, and I said, "You're you're in, you're you're um, what's the word? You're uh, inspirational, but you're not. You don't necessarily try to be. It's not you, preaching or teaching. And, yeah, yeah. By example, by being mm -hmm. the best you is what I said. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think example. he took a bad hit. Yes. After you know what that they, that is an impossible job. Even if you're a good comic." that everybody in show business knows. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a position where nobody really knows you and they're just a group of drunk narcissists that don't care, it's an impossible job. And I felt bad for him. I feel like he, I watched the set again. I'm like, it was good. It was good. There's, it, 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 he had some really great jokes in there. I laughed out loud 
during the set. I thought the and, Taylor Swift joke was the best joke he had. It was the one who was most sensitive. I thought about. she was way unfair by reacting like that. Wait, like, we're, I'm not even sure she heard it. She I, may I, not have even heard it. Can you help me and the rest of the audience understand what happened? It was almost a compliment, the joke. Okay, the what, joke, what the was joke it? was um, uh, we followed, this program followed the football game, and the only difference between our show and football is that on our show, we have less shots of Taylor Swift. There are fewer cutaways Few, of Taylor yeah. Swift. And why, did, why, why did that hurt her feelings? It didn't hurt her feelings. I don't think she heard it. Oh. I think she away. was just talking to other people at the party. They cut away to her, and she like had this straight face and like oh, took a sip. Maybe she her. didn't hear it. No, I know that 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 was my takeaway. Taylor's probably. cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, know. I don't know if it was like she would have appreciated the attention if she were paying attention. Yeah, I think the only reason I really think the only reason he's he got that kind of um, criticism is because he said something about it in the opening. Yeah, he's he, that was a mistake he made. He shouldn't have oh. said, oh, "This is my writers and all that." Don't do that. I think he was just trying to. You know, he's used to a different audience. Yeah. That's he's like got great energy. Raucous. And I just thought, and even the best, like Kevin Hart said, it's it's the worst hosting gig you'll yeah. ever have. Of course. It's and hard. what is it? What did he host? The Golden Globes. Golden Globes. Oh, the Golden Globes. That's hard. You know why? People aren't sitting in seats. They're sitting at tables. <laughs> the tables. And they're all talking and they're seeing, like, looking around to see who's there and who is, oh, is that, you know, Robert Downey Jr.? I mean, there, there's a lot to distract you if you're right. in a room. Golden Globes has the biggest stars of any award show. Because mm -hmm. I used to cover that for premiere. You'd mm -hmm. go there and you'd be like, oh, my God, Dustin Hoffman and Clint Eastwood are, like, right in front. I mean... The star power of the Golden Globes is huge. They need to have somebody that doesn't give a shit, like Ricky Gervais. Just get on there, and I don't care how you react. Right. I'm saying this, and you're and you're floating above the room. Which is like... Yeah, I mean, and and I, I mean, I, I don't know. I I watched his set again, like I said, and like if he watched it again, would he think, oh, I would have done this differently? Would I have done that differently? I don't I know. I honestly think but it's that people I think it was weren't funny. listening to him. Yeah. right. If you're and looking around at that many famous faces, it's hard for you to focus on words. He was the outside looking in, you know? You have to be one of their group. I just oh. feel like if you're not an insider. They probably oh. were, weren't as familiar as maybe other hosts. Yes, but, yes. But, That's, that was my feeling. So maybe Tom Hanks should just Well, they're familiar them. now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, next Jackson, year. Man. Yeah. No, it could be you one year. You could be White House Correspondents Dinner. That could be you. I'd say. Hey, let's bust out that Justin Timberlake. The place would be on their feet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. no, to for, to Joe's credit, like he's incredible. Like he's a good guy. If you ever go to see him live, it's you're you're gonna be blown away. And he's totally helped me just by being great. And and your question was about mentors. Yeah, I would say the people that have. Uh, mentored me, but maybe not even known it. You guys for sure, um, Joe for sure, uh, Barry Cipri Barry Katz. Oh, Cipriano. Uh, what's that? Joe Coy. Joe, Joe Coy. Yeah. yeah, Joe Cipriano and Joe Coy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And there's many. There's Barry many. Katz. Yeah. Well, he helped me with this special. Yeah. Yeah. You produced this yourself, right? Uh, I'm not sneezing. I'm coughing. But thank you. So, what uh, are the challenges? That's a really good uh, point to make, Fritz, because. You watch the special and like, oh, that's entertaining. And you can tell it looks like a big production. Really good. So when you do it all yourself and your mm -hmm. girlfriend helped you, and let's give her a shout out because it's it looks amazing, Desiree. The yeah, special the lighting, looks, everything was really sophisticated. It like you could be like, oh, is he at the Golden Globes? Honestly, it it looks big and powerful. Mm -hmm. So the what lighting you, design yeah. uh, uh, is um, a guy named Eric Lombard. 
He shot a lot of my old videos. Eric, yeah. I don't know if you... But Let's go in the weeds. How many cameras did you have for that? 11. Wow. Holy because God. Canon... All handheld? Um, they, You could have hold them in your hand, but a lot of them were on tripods. Um, but no, the, but like that one's on tripod for sure. Um, but Canon sponsored... I was so lucky that Canon sponsored my Canon, my cameras. You, you're a Canon guy, Garrett? Yeah. We both are, yeah. Canon, I love I love their stuff. I've always used their stuff anyway. But yeah, they, they the reason that we, they used us as a case study for this combination of three cameras where all the colors matched. So oh. there was three different applications. There was one that was real heavy or heavier cinema camera called the C300. Then there was another one that is a little lighter that could be used on our, um, what's the, the, the Steadicam? Mm-hmm. That was uh, the C70, I believe it was. And then we had robotic cameras. Like if you see a, a shot that's, there's cameras behind me. See, right behind me, there in that light, that wide shot, you mm-hmm. can't even see it, but there's cameras behind me. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's how we get the reverse shot, and there's some cameras on the audience that were robotic. Oh. Yeah. Did you have any like, like that above that were... Like, uh, we did have like some a on football the, game on the um, we didn't have a jib, but we had a um, we had a steady cam which gave us like a floating look, and then um, like that's yeah yes, look at that that's shot the behind shot you can't see it on stage because it's a robotic camera and there's a a guy um, or a person I don't know who it was actually. Now, when um, you go on the road, do you behind... take that lighting plot with you? you yeah, have the same set of circumstances. <laughs> I wish those. Well, some guys lighting... do have that because lighting is digital now, so you can just program it in there. Yeah. Well, I mean. I'm doing clubs still. Yeah, clubs so, don't always have a lighting board. But maybe this will, uh, this special will help me get into theaters, and we'll be able to do that kind of production. Are I'd you still a theater? You're a big presence. So what's state. what's the feedback been, and what are you hearing from folks that that have checked out the special? It's all been positive. I mean, it's all been like people. I mean, I I set out. It's just I just dug as deep as I could to like do something that I've never didn't think I could do. And like, I couldn't do it, but I went through the fire and now I can do it. Yeah. You know, that's how you, you, you transform yourself. Like you got to give yourself something that you, um, that's what I've realized, but, but the, but the reaction from people, like the clips on Instagram speak for themselves. They're going viral. I'm getting more work. I'm getting more people coming to shows, buying tickets. So, so do you have a catchphrase yet? Uh, several. Okay. What, well, catchphrase of what? What's catching on? What are people oh. <laughs> quoting? Yeah. Um, well, my quarter step Mexican Jewish phrase, I say, Shalom, cabron. That one's, <laughs> That's cool. That one's been uh, good. What's another one that, uh, well, at the end, I do a song called Legacy. This is my legacy. So some people have been saying that one. Um, I don't know. That, I'd say Shalom, cabron out of any of them. Awesome. Would be the biggest one, yeah. Awesome. So you have to, you know, strip that off and... Get your T-shirts lined oh, up and ready to go. I got them. You so do what, merch? What size you need? Do you have Desiree yeah. out in the lobby until 3 o'clock in the morning selling T-shirts and stuff? Um, yeah, what's the merch looking that, like? Oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah. There we go. There's she the hates merch. doing it, but I, sometimes she will help me out. But we, I've, I hire other people to do it as well. What um, is the most interesting body part you have signed? Oh, wow. I've signed boobs. Don't yeah. tell Desiree. Okay. I mean, Ooh. I mean, I mean, I've signed boobs, but... I don't. What Mostly do people do when ago. people go home and they wake up the next day? Are they like, what? what the, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. How long does that I, last? I haven't been asked to do that in a long time. That was more like when I was DJing Spring Break. Sure, <laughs> that was sure. a long time ago. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, um, yeah, I signed. I'd say, I'd say boobs, but not like you know the full. Th- it's just the the top area, cleavage adjacent arena. Yeah, right people don't the- really want me to sign on their body anymore. Ever mm-hmm. since, At least one you know. time a show, I signed spanks. Do you really? Oh, yes. you did. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, you really did, Frissy. Yeah. Yeah, what did you say? They, uh, what did you write? I just write my name and pray that it gets lost in the water. Now, was that in your comedy <laughs> shows or on the news? <laughs> no, no, no. Fred Rogan asked him to sign <laughs> yeah. a Spanx. Yeah, Fred Rogan. <laughs> um, did you really sign Spanx? No. Oh, come on. <laughs> you got you got. I would be honored. Like I would be honored to sign anybody's anything. Parking <laughs> tickets. Uh, well, Fritz, I'm wearing some Spanx. Hey. And I, well, you know, we tour a Sharpie. You Where know, are you off to now? What's your next market? Phoenix, Sunday, this yeah. Sunday. Oh, we have, I have a list of where you're going. You're going to, okay, so here's what's going on. And if you go to his YouTube, we'll have it in our show notes as well, but he's, you're going to Tempe, mm-hmm. and you're going to, on 128, be in Tempe, and on, on 222, you're going to be in Oxnard, which is Three, right. 321. Levity Live. Oh. Is that where you're going to be in Oxnard? That did get changed, though. You oh, it got changed. Yeah. Okay. 315. Oh, was that a time or a date? Anyway, you're going to be in San Diego? San Diego, yeah. um, the 15th of March, 15th, right. 16th of March. I'll be at Laugh Factory okay. Reno. Crap, that's um, a very busy schedule. February. Yeah, I thought it was maybe 15, 16 o'clock, but no. no. It's two dates. Two, two, two different dates. dates. Yeah, yep. so there we are. I'll be now, in. and you do you have a Spotify list of all your parody songs and everything for people to listen to? Uh, no, I don't put the parodies up there because okay. I do have a few songs up there, and I'm getting ready to le- release some more. But um, the the thing that's confusing on Spotify also is there's another Eric Schwartz that does musical. Oh, comedy. he yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, he's yeah. A good guy. Really funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But a lot of people think that's me. Like once I got asked to do a gig, and they and uh, they go, "Hey, we love all your songs. Can you just not do the song Keep Your Jesus Off My Penis?" And I go, uh, "Yeah, that's not me. That's him. Oof. That's the other." So could you find that out early? It, it's a funny song. It's a funny mm-hmm. song, but like that's not me. But you they can do were a like, cover of it. we want a clean show. Can right. you not do that one? Right, right, right. Yeah. You can talk about penises, but leave the, the Messiah out of it. Yeah. Um, so all look right. for the, the, I think we're both bald too, but like just know what I look like and then that's me. Right, right, right. It's this Eric Schwartz right here, the one you see right before you. All right, so we're going to do our closing credits. And is there anything else, Eric Schwartz? You have ericschwartz.com, right? Uh, Eric Schwartz Live. EricSchwartz.com Eric is him. Okay, I'm so Eric we need Live. Eric Schwartz live for this Eric Schwartz. Yes. And I do have a preferred Eric Schwartz, and it's this one. One time his girlfriend called me because I knew his girlfriend before he sh- the, they knew each other. Uh-oh. And then and she goes, I get a call from her, and, and I hear, look at the moon. I go, Suzanne? Oh, hi. Yeah, this is Eric, the other Eric. Did you mean to call me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> So she has you both in her phone. Oh, yeah. So wow. here's what happened. I think this would be a really great movie where it's this girl is the star of the movie. She's dating two guys named Eric Schwartz. Mm-hmm. And she gets messages from them, and they're both Eric Schwartz in her phone. Mm-hmm. And then she has to keep track of, like, you know, which one she said which to because she's not ready to choose between them. So she's oh. kind of still dating both of them. I like it. Yeah, and then Morgan Freeman is going to have a train set. Okay. Yeah. One day we'll hear about it on Media Path. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be right. great. All right. Thank you so much for joining Thanks us. For having me. We would love to continue this conversation with you on Instagram and Twitter, where we are at Media Path Pod, and on Facebook, where our show page is Media Path Podcast, and our Facebook group is Media Path with Fritz and Wheezy Podcast Community. You can find full video podcast episodes loaded with bonus visual content on our YouTube channel, which is at Media Path Podcast. You can write to us at Media Path Podcast 
at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please give us a nice rating wherever you get your podcasts and then talk about us on social media or talk about us to all the Eric Schwartzes that you know <laughs> There's lots of them. who are in your phone. You can, and you can ask them to look at the moon and then talk about our show. You can sign up for our spicy newsletter at mediapathpodcast.com. We want to thank our wonderful guest, this Eric Schwartz. Our uh-huh. team includes producer Dina Friedman, John Maddox, Bill Filippiak, Thomas Hubble, Mason Brown, Garrett Arch, Chris Baldwin, Jordan Riaz, and you. Our theme music is by me and John Maddox. I am Louise Planker here with Fritz Coleman. Be well and wise, and we will see you along the media path. Nailed it. Pretty much. I have to say a lot of dots and comms and things of that nature. Hang out. <laughs>